Are you a woman searching for purpose and success? A housewife? Maybe a single mother? You're in the right place. Welcome to Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles. Activate, motivate, inspire. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast, and I am Miss Lisa Nobles, your hostess, and I am so excited to have you joining with me today, and speaking of today, our topic is dating purposefully, and we have a wonderful guest by the name of Miss Kelly Thompson, and I am so elated to have this young woman here to speak with us on this topic, and we're going to have just a girl chat, a, a real down homely discussion about dating purposefully i would like to give her a warm welcome to the savvy speaks empowerment podcast and we're going to begin by asking miss kelly just to give a little bit about herself just a little background and we would greatly appreciate that so kelly if you don't mind tell us good morning everyone my name is kelly thomas um i'm currently 46 years old right now i am a divorced single mom uh, um, currently one daughter at home. She's 16 years old. Um, I do work in commercial real estate and I'm just excited. I'm about the journey that I've been on and just excited about God and what he's done in my life and what he will continue to do. I'm so elated. Thank you so much, Kelly, for telling your, t- sharing with us your introduction. So everyone, you know me, are you ready, family? Then let's talk about it. Dating purposefully. Here we will discuss the transition that we as women encounter because of our brokenness and that journey towards healing and ultimately gaining strength through overcoming and confronting our past family, which in this case, Kelly finds resolution in her relationship with Christ. And I know that some of you guys, some of you queens out there and and kings can attest that we've been in a circumstance where our journey of brokenness has led us to our purpose. So really, when you think about it, being broken is not all that bad at first. It just looks so bad or it looks like we don't have a way out because why? We don't see a way out. So hopefully this segment will help shed some light. And as Kelly shares her story, we can definitely be able to relate to some of the things that she has had during her journey. So family, let's get started. So Kelly, let's begin with your relationship that led you into becoming a divorce person, a divorce queen, and currently a single mother. What was that relationship like? And again, you know, share to your comfortability, share your transition from becoming, you know, you were married and then now you're getting a divorce. Kind of share with the audience what that entailed. Okay, um, sure. Um, I, currently, I have, well, I have been divorced for 12 years total. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I married, me and the ex-husband, we had, we had dated for approximately three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided to get married. And the, uh, now, as I look back, um, we were living together. My grandfather was a minister. And, you know, in that lifestyle, you're shacking up. Your grandfather's a minister. You go to church every Sunday. Um, you're a Christian. Um, it doesn't look good. And mm-hmm. so the only thing to do is you get married. So that's what we did. 
And we were, um, now that I look back over that, um, and I have grown into the place I am now, mm-hmm. um, I did not marry out of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can say that we were not friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, we did not like each other, if, if, even if I can say that. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it just felt right to get married because we're living together, we're shacking up, and this is the right thing to do. And God, I fight. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so anyway, years later, um, he had an affair, and I found out about it, and that's what led to the separation and the divorce. Okay. Awesome, Kelly. Now, you shared that you didn't love each other and that potentially you guys didn't even like each other. That's powerful Mm -hmm. to me. Kind of share how did you, because you're saying now that you look back on your circumstance, those are some lessons that God revealed to you. So kind of share with us, what was that like? How did, how, what gave you that type of conclusion? Well, uh, again, now looking back, you know, years later, um, and when it, whenever I say now, I don't mean now, this present time. Of maybe, course. Maybe, maybe, maybe six, five, four years ago when I was going through the healing process. Um, but it was like, you know, we talked every day, but we were not, we did not have a bond of a friendship. We no. did not have that foundation. We did not have a friendship foundation. Um, I went to church. He wouldn't. He would not. Never go to church with me. You know. Right. So still, it was. It was just flesh. There. There was no foundation of a friendship. You know. I cooked right. dinner, fixed breakfast, fixed his lunch. He went to work. You know. But we still, at the end of the day, were not friends. Right. So how do you, would you say? Is it safe to say? Because I kind of had this discussion on a previous episode that. In when it comes to a relationship with a man and a woman, do we need to have that friendship invested? Is it how important is that? Again, you've already been through your healing process. Now God is able to, as we talked about earlier, to use your testimony as you shared with me to help others or to be a light to others. So what was that? How important is it looking back that we have friendship in our 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 romantic relationships? Now, I I believe it's very important because um, a friend, if you look at, you know, a true friend, like someone that you grew up with from years back, that friend will remain with you through thick and thin no matter what you do. Right. You know, they will will correct you, but at the same time, they will still love you. You know, at the end of the day, they are, that person is still your friend. Right. I understand that 100%. I I, I can attest to that. So let me move on to the next question. Would be the moment you knew that you were going to become single, and not only just single, but a single mother, what was that experience like? I mean, were you afraid? I mean, did you not know what you were going to do? Tell us a little bit about that transition. Well, honestly, um, and there was a little more to uh, the process that we went through. Um, He actually, once I found out that he was having an affair, you know, I, I approached him about it, and um, he had started staying out, you know, on weekends at night, um, and um, I approached him about it once I had all my facts, everything in check, and he actually tried to hit me. He he tried to, well, he snuck at me, and instead of him hitting me, his hand went, his fist went through the wall. Right. So, um, once that took place, you know, that was it. Uh, my youngest daughter, she was at the time uh, three years old. Mm-hmm. So, 
But again, it was a choice that I made. I made that choice to file for divorce, you know, because number one, I'm a woman and I don't believe a man should hit a woman. And we know that that's not what God wants for us, for, for us anyway. Of course. So the, the, process, the process was, I knew I was going to be a single mom. Yeah, right. I knew I was going to have to raise both of my daughters by myself. Right. Um, I was I was afraid. Um, it was it it was painful, but at the end of the day, it was now that I look back, it was very well worth it. Right. Um, I and actually the affair that he was in, he actually had a son with the other woman. Wow! And during that time, Kelly. During that time, he had a, an affair with the woman. Yes, yes, and actually, uh, his son and my and my youngest daughter they they are like maybe three months apart. Oh, okay, okay, I understand. I know that had to be hard and very trying. But what it sounds like to me that you had a lot of strength, you know, because it took a lot of courage to be able to say. Okay, now I've had enough, you know, because I even I personally have been in a situation where I took way more than that. And I did not have the strength at that time to say enough is enough. But my God, I want to commend you because so many women I hear and I've seen it on EWOP for years about how we just constantly stay in that relationship, which is, of course, connected to our self-esteem and our self-worth. So moving on, did you feel broken did you feel broken at that time of that transition um in, in in the beginning no because all i knew was that i had a thing to do as this, you know making a choice to be a single mother um was i needed to provide for my girls and do what i needed to do and that's what i that's a decision that i made that's um and then and then as time progressed um you know it was emotionally um, I was emotionally distraught, you know, but at the same time, I had to keep it together, you know? Right. Um, it, it, it took a lot of prayer, a lot of, you know, meditating, Bible study, you know, um, but I, I just refused to stay in a relationship, a marriage that I knew he didn't love me, and I knew, you know, we, we, we just were not. I, I, as, I look, as I look back now, we were not supposed to, I guess, both been together. Right, and so which he wasn't, he wasn't. No, go ahead, sweetie. He wasn't. He wasn't the right man. He wasn't the right man for me. I mean, but it seems like to me, Kelly, that you just you really are focused, and again, you have a lot of strength. So that was a great call for you because we all know that domestic violence in any type of way, whether it's physically or verbally, is unhealthy. And whether it's the man or the woman, it is just an unhealthy situation to be in. But what I really love and appreciate is how you took ownership and you knew that, okay, I have, I have something to do because there are other two little people that have to depend on me. So a lot of times, I guess, for my encouragement for our audience would be sometimes we have to find that strength, even if we don't do it for ourselves, we have to find that outside strength to do what we need to do. So in that case, as a woman, let's kind of explore, further explore these true feelings. Did you find yourself angry at God or your mate or the world? Did you experience any of that during that time? During that particular time, I cannot say that I was angry at God, right? Because because that was a choice I made. I right. made that choice to marry this man. Um, but but at the same time, I want to reiterate: 
he, he had never cursed at me. He had never hit me. Um, you know, he'd never physically harmed me or anything of that nature. That was the very first time that he had ever swung at me all the eight years that I had known him. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, no, you were saying that, <laughs> no, it's okay. You were saying that he had never hurt, he never hit you. He was really practically, you know, just normal. You guys just were having a normal relationship like anyone else. It was just until yeah. that time, the stress kind of heightened and he swung at you. But for you, you made that choice, which I commend you as a woman. And it could have been a man for any, for in any case, because we don't hear about it a lot, but you know, it could have been a man in any case in the situation where he he felt disempowered. But, you know, you knew what you had to do. And what I really can appreciate is you continuously relied on God throughout the journey. So I think that is important that sometimes, um, you know, in my book, I talk about it, it which is Awaken My Sister, Awaken My Friend. It's, it's because the conversation that we have within ourselves that the world doesn't normally see. So that's why I'm kind of going that direction. What were your inner thoughts? Because some of us don't, we don't want to admit that. I mean, for me, again, I was in an abusive relationship two, two times, two different people. And I tell you, Kelly, it was not, it was traumatic. And the things that I was thinking was not always healthy. Like I knew God was there, but then I was living in sin to a certain degree. So I can definitely relate. But when I'm thinking about our audience, I want them to know that it, they can relate to your story, our story as well. So what would you say to the mother who is currently in a similar situation as you were in her life right now? What would you say to that person? I would say to that woman, that young lady, to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And no one can give you, no one can identify who you are except no one can do that for you but you. Um, know who you are as a woman. Know that you are God's daughter and that you only deserve the best. I love that, Kelly. I love that because I think a lot of times, uh, would you agree that when we're in these type of situations, maybe we don't think we're deserving of the best. And that's why it's a repetitive cycle. What I mean, what do you... I totally agree. I do agree with that. That's awesome. Um, no, go ahead, sweetie. Go right ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, you're fine. No, I told I, I agree with that because I think that it is again, it's connected to our self-esteem and our self-worth. And somewhere in our lives we feel that we need to be validated. And and a lot of times I hope that some woman out there can really understand that, that in that validation, we have to make sure that we're right we're making good choices that we are just because we're broken or we're feeling a little void that we just don't accept anything that you have some type of standard for yourselves which of course can be found in Christ so I want to just tell you right now that we'll be right back and you've been listening to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast and we're going to take a real quick break and I will see you on the other side Hello, 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 everyone, and we are back, and you've been listening to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast, and we're discussing today dating purposefully. Family, if it's okay with you, let's continue the discussion we have here with Miss Kelly Thomas, and okay, Kelly, we're going to pick back up where we left off. And in this part of the, the discussion, we're going to, you know, if you have any questions or in, in share any extra in, in insight, this will be the time for you to do that. So 
in essence, how did you make it through from, because now we're going to transition from your divorce into being a single parent. And now we're into a 14 year bout with celibacy or decision to be, to, to maintain abstinence for yourself. How did you make it through to that point? It was a, it was a choice that I made for myself. Yes. Um, I knew that I deserve better and I only want to be with the person. I want to be with someone that is compatible and someone and a man that is, of course, God-fearing. And that's what led me on to that path. I did not want to repeat the same mistakes that I had before in previous relationships and in the previous marriage. I understand that. So how important, Just I, I, it brings me to another thought. You know, you have girls that you're raising. So how important was it during this transition for you to be that example for your children? It was, that was my top priority. Exactly. That was, that, that, that was the number one top priority for myself and for my girls. I understand that. So even from a girl's perspective, what would you say as a mother to your children or to anyone's children going through this particular situations about making sure that you stand for something in your relationship so that they won't repeat or be involved with those type of relationships to where they're disempowered. What, what would you say? Or what are your thoughts? I would say to that um, is a man will treat you the way you treat yourself. So if you give up your treasures, then, of course, he's going to accept it. It's still, it is a choice, a decision that you need to make for yourself to stand for something and to know that God has someone, has a wonderful man out there for you somewhere whenever the time is right. That's a blessing. I really love that. So what made you, it's easy for anyone to say that I practice celibacy or I, I, I'm celibate or that I practice abstinence. You know, but even from a spiritual perspective, God wants us to, he, you know, he speaks about that, you know, outside of marriage, of course, is a sin, which we're not going to elaborate on that right now. But so in essence, what I'm saying, when we abstain or we're being celibate, we're making a conscious decision, decision, you know, and it's kind of like when your woman is transitioning from from natural hair. Say your hair is relaxed and now you want to be natural. We have to do some things. We have to let go of some things. It's not just say, oh, one day we're going to be natural, have go our hair out natural. We're not going to wear artificial nails or whatever. So it's kind of the same thing. When we practice celibacy or we're abstinent or we're abstaining, we have some decisions to make. That's not just saying, oh, I'm just going to abstain, but you abstain in certain things in different areas of your life. So what was that, what, what was that decision or that thought process when you made that decision? When I did make that decision, I knew that I would have to change the men um, in my environment that I, you know, that I would date, that I would even be friends with. Exactly. I knew that I would have to change that. And that I needed to, I needed to change, you know, some ways about myself as well. You know, if, if I want to attract, you know, a certain mate, then I need to, um, I need to dress, uh, I, I need to dress in a decent manner. I don't need to have my boobs and stuff hanging out, if, if, if I can say that on the air. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I need to dress um, ladylike. Of course. As I well, as well. 
I agree. And even again, just speaking of back to um, my premise of my book, one of the things I talk about is dress, right? But not just the mm-hmm. regular dress of, oh, I'm going to go out and buy me a shirt, a new pair of pants or a dress or whatever. I mean, when we dress up in the morning, what are we wearing? Are we wearing purpose? Are we wearing faith? Are we wearing high self-worth? Are we looking at ourselves with high self-esteem? Do, are we dressing right. with, you know what I mean? I think sometimes we, in the world, we forget about those things that are important. We're so caught up on the materialistic things of life. But at the same time, what about your heart? Some, so many people are hurting in the world today, but when we get dressed, can we, do we pray? Do we thank God for another day? That's the kind of dress I'm talking about that I would love to encourage the audience about is when we dress, dress with faith. Even though you have maybe a bouting with low self-esteem, dress yourself as high having self-worth. In essence, speak right. that over your life. So how and when did you know, because now you've gone through a lot of transition and you're doing really well, how did you know you were ready to date? How did you get to this point? I got to this point where I did I did the inner healing. Okay. I dressed my I dressed myself internally uh, with the word of God and again the identity I found out who I you know, who I am. Um, I got I became in touch with Kelly again. I love um, So once once I realized that okay I'm healed because there, there was one thing I did not want to do was take old baggage into another into a new relationship. Right. So I wanted I wanted to spend time with Kelly to heal Kelly. Exactly. And once I uh, now that I'm at that place and I've been at this place now for a couple of, you know for several years now, um, that's when I realized that okay I'm ready for this again. I think but. That- but but this time, mm-hmm. I want the real thing. I love that. Now, you said this time I want the real thing, Miss Kelly. And I hope I hear a little smile in your voice. What would the real thing from this point look like for you? What would that look like, Miss Kelly? After meeting a lot of frogs, I know I'll, I will recognize the prince whenever we do meet. Yes. <laughs> and that is too funny. You said after meeting a lot of frogs, you will, re- you will recognize your prince when you're ready. And that is so phenomenal. What type of qualities, Kelly, are you looking for in your Boaz? In my Boaz, um, I think the qualities, the main qualities that I'm looking for are the qualities that God speaks of in the, in the Bible of the way a, a husband should treat his wife. And I believe that uh, a man will treat his potential wife the way he, uh, whenever they're courting, the way he will whenever they do get married. So I think that he will have a lot of patience with her. He'll be kind. Yeah. Um, he'll be loving. And he will, if, if she wants to wait to have sex, you know, when until they get married, he will be okay with that. And right. I also believe that he, w- he, w- he will not mention um, he he will not even mention or bring up the topic of them to even having sex because I believe sex will not even be on the table. Well, I agree with you. I really agree with you on that, Kelly, because if a man really wants you, he's going to do whatever it takes 
to get you. And if that means that he's going to abstain himself, that's what he'll be willing to do. But it, of course, as you well know, through your healing process, it will be his choice. So by the time you all meet and God brings you together, it will already be hard to <laughs> very, very good question there, Miss Lisa. Very good okay. question. <laughs> I think, I think finding my Boaz, it, it is not a priority, right? It is not, a, it is not a priority, um, because I know who I am without. But right. I will be looking forward to it whenever it does happen. I love that. I really do. I love that because you're a woman, of course, who knows what she wants. But you also said you'll be ready. And I think that is also important for women everywhere, as well as men, to understand that in, in order to be ready, you have to do some internal searching. You know, I've done that before where I've gone two years without dating or just being celibate as well. And I'm kind of on that. I'm on that journey now where I'm into a year and a half. But I think a lot of times we don't remember or we, we fail to realize that, again, being celibate or abstinence is more than just a physical act of abstaining. You have to abstain in your thinking. Like you said, you have to start meditating. You have to build that relationship with God. And it doesn't start all at once. It takes time. So being yeah. celibate or abstaining or healing, it takes time. I mean, it's been a year and a half. But at the same time, I can identify with a woman who is still working on herself, especially emotionally. You know, because we get soul ties. We get all these things happening when we're trying to um purge ourselves from those physical acts so great 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 comments that you're having miss miss kelly another question i have for you is you seem at peace with yourself and we kind of talked about that a little bit before the segment to me you're a gentle spirit you have a lot of strength um how do you get to that point in your life because 14 years is not 14 minutes and it's not 14 weeks that's some years sister so how did you get to that point, Miss Queen? Ooh, honey. <laughs> I I can I feel you, sis. I feel you. <laughs> the only thing I can say is it has and you are absolutely right. It's not days or minutes, you know. The only thing I can say is the journey it has not been easy. At times it is, at times it's not, you know. Um, but I've got to this place, I believe, it's only through and by the grace of God and his strength. I mean, for me to even then have even started out in the mindset after the divorce, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait on my Boaz to have, you know, I'm going to wait to have, I'm going to wait for sex, you know, when I, when I get married again. That was my whole thing. Wow. But I did not know it was going to be this long. Wow. That, that, that's the kicker. I had no idea it was you know, be as many years as it has been. And I've just, I've just, you know, I've just stayed with the course. There, there were times when I wanted to give in, you know, because right. of a few guys that I was, you know, that I was dating. Of course. And um, I, 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 refused to, I refused to give in. I never gave in. And, of course, uh, they wanted to break off the relationship. So, okay, that was fine with me. Right. Because if they were not willing to wait, then I knew he wasn't the right one anyway. I love that. Girl, don't you know, sis? I love what you said. What I'm getting from what you said, just mentioned, is, a, is, is the strength is through the roof. Ruth, I mean, I am really 
I applaud you because you made a decision and you knew that your worth was not, it, it was so priceless that you, it wasn't going to be broken. And and I think right. that's so, yes, sis, I, I think that is so important. I really want the audience to really take that point away more significantly because at the end of the day, you have to make a choice that I am not going to allow anything or anyone to break me down again. And that takes strength. That means that you have to deny yourself over and over and over again. And to your point, it took 14 years. Did you think it was going to take 14 years? No. But at the same time, look at you now. Did you, this is a perfect question for me to ask you. Did you want to share what we kind of talked about offline of your passion for doing this podcast? Because I think this really is applicable to your answer. Sure, I don't mind sharing it all. Um, whenever, maybe about uh, three or four years or so in the journey, maybe five or six mm -hmm. or whatever, in this journey, I just knew, and I knew and I felt in my heart that God was going to use this one day on a platform. Mm -hmm. I did not know when. I did not know how long it was going to take for the process. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. But I just felt in my heart that one day he was going to use this for his glory, for me to share with wow. others, you know, with other women, for his glory that it can be done. And granted, granted, somebody else, they may be celibate two years and find their Boaz, you know? Right, right. Um, it, it may not take 10, 12, 14 years. Right. But for me, that has just been the journey um, that, you know, that I've been on. Right. What, and you spoke earlier about your journey, sis, and you talked about that how it wasn't easy. Some days it was easy, some days it wasn't easy, especially when you got close to a male that you thought at least may have been a potential Boaz. What was that transition like to say no? You know, what, what were you feeling during that time? What can you share to another young woman that's in that position who, who's thinking about compromising her morals or her beliefs? Because she's starting, you know, it has been a good length of time. And now she, you know, maybe she does want to fulfill those needs. It was difficult at times. There mm -hmm. was a time when I was unemployed mm -hmm. and I was dating someone, you know. But again, I was, you know, staying on my course to abstain and be celibate. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, he was wanting to help, you know, and he was wanting to help pay my bills. Right. You know? And I was like, uh, no, I don't think so. Because right. at that time, I felt that, well, he knew the situation, mm -hmm. and I felt that maybe he was thinking, let, let's do a swap exchange, so to speak. Oh, wow. But, <laughs> right, exactly. But but even even at the same time, I mean, you know, my bills had to be paid, but I still chose, you know what, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, you know? Right. So, so I... I say that to say this, that was one of the hard moments and one of the decisions, you know, that I still remain to choose to be celibate. Yes. I, I, did, I did not want to compromise my morals and my integrity. I love that. Mm -hmm. So even with you, that would be a reflection of the kind of person that you wanted to date. You want someone to stand for something. I had an old preacher 
my first preacher, actually, he said, you know, we have to stand for something or we're going to fall for anything. And I, and I believe that is so true. It may be cliche, but at the same time, you know, it's true. My mom used to always tell me when I was younger, she said, baby, don't take no wooden nickels. And that statement, what you just made, reminded me of that, is that in essence, you have to stand because it's you. You know, I went through a point in my life as well where I, I just, I didn't know what to do because I worked all my life, you know, and mm -hmm. at this point, I just felt Kelly that, wow, God, why do you have me being still? Because I have been busy literally 30 plus, you know, years, but now I'm mm -hmm. at a place where I'm so immobile and that was about by itself. But one of the things that I learned, Kelly, which I see in you was peace to a certain degree. And what I stood for in that point was I'm not going to let any relationship disturb my peace. So for a long time, yes, I, I heard T.D. Jakes years ago because I love me some T.D. Jakes. He had this message and he said, there's, there's a time in your life where you're going to say, I don't want to talk on the phone. I don't want to deal with social media. He said, there's going to be a time where you just, your life's going to be like, okay, I just, you know, it's just going to be me and God. And I experienced that and still trying to get myself back online, of course, with God in the way that I used to be. But at the same mm -hmm. time, there's a point where you have to have so much strength that you can't let nothing separate you, not only from the love of God, but not separate you from your peace, your morals, your values, your belief. Because as you said, in the long run, we're going to get the prize, right? How do you feel about that? I definitely agree with that. I totally agree with that, Lisa. What, what is your insight? Did you want to share anything extra? I know I didn't say it all. Definitely do not compromise your morals, your integrity. Yes. Um, because men, men will try to, uh, they, a man will already know the woman's situation, mm -hmm. you know, they, they already know she's single, you know, she may have kids, this, that, and the other, you know, they may know her financial situation and some at, at, at times, you know, a man will try to, uh, entice her, you know, just, you know, to have sex yes. with him mm -hmm. and, you know, and swap out. Right. And that's just. I'm, I'm just keeping it 100 right now. You know? I, I need you to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that, that woman, she needs to know that it, that she does not need to compromise her morals or her integrity. And she needs to say no. I love that, Kelly. I love that this segment has been so insightful. We've been talking about dating purposefully. And if you missed it, you've missed a lot of wealth of knowledge because we were talking, discussing the transitions that we as women or even men encounter because we're broken. And that journey towards healing and ultimately gaining strength through overcoming and confronting our past. But as Miss Kelly has shared, holding on to Christ, our godly morals, as well as our godly values. So Kelly, as you have been a beautiful guest, is there any final words in about for in about a minute, you have about a minute to share to that woman who maybe she isn't a Christian or maybe she isn't that strong that you want to encourage that woman or man of how to hold on through their journey as they are trying to get to their healing part of their life. I would just like to encourage everyone, whether you're starting the journey or you're on 20 years in the journey, just to stay, stay on that journey with Christ and just trust him. And at that right time, 
he will give you everything that that you're supposed to have I love that, Kelly. You have been a blessing. You have been a light. And I know it took us a little time to get our interview in, but you did a phenomenal job. And I have been encouraged by your walk and your journey. So please, we, we must not let this end here. You have been phenomenal. And thank you for sharing your strength, your courage, and your wealth of knowledge of how you went from one transition of being a divorced mother. And then not only that, you knew you took ownership of your children. And then I only that you you took a stance on being that example for your children but the whole time I saw where you never let go of God's hand so I am elated to have participated in this show today I know that someone had was cut touched by this wealth of knowledge thank you so much for my satisfied guest Miss Kelly Thomas until for next you. time remember that you are you remember what I say you are a unique Combinations of experiences, clothed in purpose, strength, and destiny. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast today. And goodbye. And you guys have Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles. Online at imlisanobles.com and on Facebook and Instagram at EWOFP. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. And we'll catch you next time on Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. Activate, motivate, inspire.